This is Sid and Friends in the Morning. 77 WABC. I just can't get excited about the Mets. Am I missing something? No, you're not. I totally agree. And the way they handled Buck last year, Stearns, was a disgrace. Uh, Buck deserved to come back. They they handled that terribly. Who knows on Mendoza? It's a flip of a coin if he's going to be any good. I don't care what the Yankees say. Um, you know, why he's the greatest bench coach in the world. Who the hell knows? In the in, in the in the cauldron of a huge uh, ball game in 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 July, is he going to push the right buttons? Who not? You have no idea of knowing that. And the Mets are not that good. I mean, I I think their pitching stinks. I mean, I listen. I think overall, you know, they're due to be a little better because everybody's going to write them off. There's no pressure on them. Both eyes off their back. They had a terrible year last year. I think that will motivate them to a certain degree. And I think they will overachieve from a lineup perspective. And I think that you'll be surprised at times. I think they'll be feisty. But as far as being a good team, how? I think Mike Piazza knows that voice very, very well. Of course, that was, uh, what, two days ago on this show, my dear, dear friend and former co-worker, part of that legendary Mike and the Mad Dog combination, Christopher Mad Dog Russo, and he was very tough on the Mets. And then yesterday, Joe Beningo, another WFN legend that Mike Piazza knows very well, he was equally as tough on the Mets. So, seems to be the consensus. But what the hell do we know? This guy actually did it. In fact, between 1998 and 2005, my next guest distinguished himself as one of the most popular and maybe the greatest New York Met of all time. And again, that home run against the Braves. I, I feel bad bringing it up because I don't want to reduce his career to one at bat, but I'm always going to be thankful. It meant a lot. He's a wonderful guy. And anybody who's a friend of Joe Tacopina is a friend of mine, the great Mike Piazza. Good morning, Michael. How are you, pal? Hey, good morning. Good to be with you. Nice to uh, nice to have you back. You know, it's funny. I, I played the Chris Russo piece. You know, you've heard of Mike and the Mad Dog, right? <laughs> <laughs> of course. I saw I saw Chris a few months ago. Actually, we had a, a really cool benefit for the Italian American Baseball Foundation, um, which is a group that had helped a lot with with the WBC, which we obviously finished fifth in the tournament <clears throat> representing Italy, which was one of my coolest experiences in baseball. But um yeah, so so I uh, we go a long way, <laughs> yeah. a long way. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm aware of what your Italian team did, and all those, and you spent a lot of time over the years with that baseball team. So congratulations! So thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Cool. So it's going back and forth, Mike. Should I play dog or should I play the home run? And my guy said to me, "Listen, Mike's heard that home run a thousand times. I mean, come on." And, and like I said, I don't want to reduce this unbelievable career, yeah. maybe the greatest ever, to one at bat. But you know, because you were on with me nine eleven this year. That 22 years later, how much that meant to this city. This city's falling apart, Mike. You're in Florida. You made the greatest movie ever could have made, trust me. Uh, <laughs> so so thank you on behalf of all New Yorkers for at least giving us for a little while some semblance of normalcy. <laughs> well, uh, listen, I, I believe I've always been positive in my life and my career, and I just think things could go in waves and, um, you know, the only good thing about going through tough times that eventually good times will have again. And I mean, you know, our friend, uh, Mayor Giuliani, I mean, he came out, brought the city out of a very dark spot. So, um, I mean, I believe in New York. I, I, I played here, obviously my, my heart is here and I know the people of New York and 
I just think it's sort of indicative of what the history of the city. There's always been tough times, and eventually there will be a white night and someone to get us going again and turn this back, turn the energy around and get New York back to where where it should be, and that's the capital of the world. I mean, you still travel, and I, I spend a lot of time in Europe now, and I, and people still love New York. People, it's it's just um, unfortunately tough times is is part of life. Yeah. And we got to get through it, and um, you know, not to get political, but I just think generally over the course of our country, we've always responded to adversity, and that's part of the American way. And it seems we're very divided now, and we are. I mean, there's a lot of very deep arguments and deeply held sentiments that people are very passionate about, and so. Looking at it now from 10,000 feet or being away from the U.S. a little bit, I mean, people still believe in us, and we need to believe in ourselves, and I, I think that's the most important thing. I think that's well said. I mean, you have to understand, Mike, when I hop back on I-95 North, okay, this is very similar to the interjection commercial when we were kids, Schoolhouse Rock, when one guy jumped up and said, hey, I'm rooting for the other team. So I'm on I-95 North. I'm the only guy there. There's like 10,000 cars going south. See you, sucker. But uh, I actually decided I wasn't the courts didn't make me do it. The cops didn't make me do it. I wanted to come back to New York. And and for the most part, it's been great. And for my career, it's been unbelievable because I've gone to this brand new space of of um, of fame. But what I see every day is somewhat depressing. But like you said, I'm here to stick it out. I ain't leaving. I, I lived in Boca Raton for 16 years. I'm staying here. Yeah, well, listen, I mean, it really comes down to what, what like, you, you put it eloquently. I mean, what's best for you? I mean, I, I've always found that um, in, there's different needs in life because we all have responsibilities. And for me, obviously, having starting my family a little later in life, most guys have their kids younger. So I started a little later, and so it's all about my kids. I want to give them the opportunities and sure. the um, experiences that I never had. So I'm more you know, international, spending time in Italy and and Florida for me, I mean, I've been in Florida. I went to Miami-Dade College back in 1987, 86. So it's like, um, it's always been home for me. I mean, and so like, I mean, but I'll always love New York. I always love coming here. I mean, this is the great, I mean, I have so many, deep, you know, close personal friends here. And it's still great to come and, you know, have a stay and walk around of and just, just enjoy the city. So, yeah, I mean. Look, again, as I've said before, it really comes down to that. I, I believe in the people. I believe in the character. I believe in the heart of the city. And so we're going to get through it. So there's your personal. Uh, no, I like what, uh, no, but trust me, I like what you're saying, Mike. And uh, yeah. not only uh, did you go to Mary Dade College, but don't forget you had that incredible week with the Miami Marlins. <laughs> yeah. You know what's funny? I tell people, I mean, I, I think it was, I have, I think, I don't know the numbers. They're like 10 days, but, I mean, like nine RBIs, and I had a triple, believe it or not, as a Marlin. So think about that lottery ticket. I mean, if you would have bet that, I would have a triple with the Marlins. It's kind of crazy. I remember that, too. I remember that triple. I remember the whole thing. But you actually experienced, before we get to the modern-day Mets, talking about highs and lows. In one year, 2000, you're in the World Series. Now, we lost – in fact, I still thought, I'll never forget, it was at the ESPN Sports Center, uh, Sports Center, ESPN restaurant on 42nd Street in Times Square. Mm-hmm. When you hit that ball, and uh, I thought it was God, and Bernie Williams caught the ball in center field, and it was all over, we were done. But still, just to get to the World Series and take on the Yankees, that's 2000. One year later, we've got 9-11. You experienced almost, you did lose, but almost the ultimate yeah. high 
and the ultimate low in one year. Yeah, and it's, that's true, and I think that's sort of indicative of this city. I mean, a lot of guys just couldn't play here. I mean, it was uh, it's just part of as you are as a, as a player, what defines you and what you're able to sort of um, play to. And and for me, it was like, I, I don't know. I just was given this God-given, I had this God-given ability to focus. And since I kind of came through the back door in, in sports or in baseball and given that opportunity, I just lived, I played with reckless abandon. I wanted to be on that stage. I, I had nothing to lose. And I think we're seeing this now in a lot of guys, the way they react or the way you sort of react to expectations. And I, I early in my career never had expectations, so I put the highest expectations on myself. So when I did, did become successful in rookie of the year and started, then I just figured, hey, I'm I'm just like, uh, you know, the, <laughs> I'm like the ugly girl at the prom. You know, yeah. I'm just happy to be here. So right. I didn't really have a lot of um, – uh, I just kind of – really lived my life in a way that was reckless and, and in a way that I didn't, I had this certain amount of apathy as far as I don't care because I'm going to go out and do my best. I'm going to yeah. go out and leave, leave it all on the field. And so I think most players would benefit from that attitude instead of worried about expectations and, and all the pressures that we put on ourselves and that others put on ourselves as well, put on us as well. Well, you were never the uh, the ugly girl in the room because you've always been very handsome, Mike Piazza. <laughs> <Very funny. laughs> but I, <laughs> that's a metaphor. I, I, I'm going to get some tweets now. Like, what do you have against ugly people? Oh, you will. He's, you will. I, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> Mike Piazza hates ugly people. Um, that's the country we live in today. It's crazy. I know, Mike, but it is crazy. I've been hearing a lot about Lang Insurance. They sell luxury home insurance to high net worth individuals in all 50 states. Call Kevin Lang at Lang Insurance. Call 866-964-4434. He's an expert in reviewing your current coverage to save money, leaving you with your current insurance company or moving you to a less expensive one. Clients rave about his skills. You call, they quote, you save. That's 866-964-4434 or just visit langins.com. Uh, uh, let's get to the the modern day Mets. You you heard the piece I played from Russo. Beningo said yeah, the same yeah. thing yesterday, and it was all based on what I said, which is being honest. This is the least excited I've been for a Mets season in a long time. And I like Cohen. I've met Steve, nice guy, but he's got a lot of money. We didn't spend it this year. Maybe he's waiting until next year. But as a guy that is still in the organization. Can you give Met fans any reason, honestly, Mikey, honestly, any reason to think we've got at least a, a chance at the playoffs? Well, I think because of the format has changed. I mean, you don't necessarily have to win 98 games to get into the playoffs uh, as when I first came into the game, you did. And I think that's a good thing in some ways. And in a ways, it's a bad thing because you kind of set your expect your bar too low. But um, I just think, look, it's hard to win, and the season is long. And I think for people to come out and have a defeatist mentality at this point, uh, to me, doesn't make sense. Um, is there issues? Of course. <laughs> that's why we get the big bucks, Mike. <laughs> well, no, and that's listen. That that's part of this machine. I get it. You know, it's not. I don't think anyone is going to crown them World Series champions in spring training, and co- consequently, even for teams that are spending the money, like the Dodgers, I mean, they still have to go out and do it. And as they've learned in the last three years coming off of the the COVID when they won the World Series, I mean, it's not easy. 
Um, because again, uh, any team can beat another team on a given day. It's the, it's the sort of quest of the season and the difficulty of the season. I mean, if you look at the Mets last year, I think what June really will kill them. They had a horrible June. Yes. I mean, it was, it was, and that sort of just shot the season in the foot. Um, and I think going forward, you have to stay off that roller coaster. I mean, when you have bad months, it, it, it's part of the game, but you have to be able to recover from that. And you can't put yourself in a nosedive that's unrecoverable from. But listen, it, it comes down to I think this team would really have to be defined as the guys that aren't expected to to do or contribute what the, the big guys are. They're going to have to definitely contribute. I hate to use the word step up because I've heard that uh, that, no, that line drives me crazy. Yeah, yeah. But but I think collectively as a team, I mean, you look at the Braves when they they won the World Series without their best player, um, and people seem to forget that. And and Acuna is an incredible player. I mean, he can do everything on the baseball field. But still, they were able to collectively put their heads together and say, "Hey, we this guy's hurt. We got to find a way to compensate or overcompensate for for not having him." And I think generally as a team you have to you the one thing i've always been blessed or at least when we had the mets teams i played on the the, the two years we kind of knew what we were capable of doing and we kind of knew we had to prove it more to ourselves instead of proving the media i mean the media look the writers are going to write uh you know the 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 coaches coach writers write player players play i mean roy campanella told me in one of my first spring trains he said mikey just play the game don't don't worry about the expectations and like you said that that's what you guys get paid the big bucks for. I mean that's the the pundits and the critics and and that's fine. But as a player, you have to find a way to block that out and play. And I think look, you have to have a balanced team. You have to have a team that doesn't really rely on one particular aspect to win. You have to have a good bullpen. You have to have starters that can. I mean, starters aren't expected to go deep in the game anymore. They're only expected to go around the lineup twice. I mean, I learned that in the classic. I mean, it was unorthodox for me because that's not the school I grew up on, but nonetheless, that's the game today. And and the manager, I think, is, is going to have to collectively get together with the GM and the staff and really figure out a strategy to compete over the long haul because you can win the – you know, it's funny um, – we lost the first game of the, the opening day in, in 99. And one of the re- reporters asked me, Oh my God, you guys were expecting We also lost opening day. What does this mean? I said, well, it means we're not going to win them all. Uh, so, yeah. I think, I think I mean, that year you went to the NLCS and lost yeah, to the Braves. Yeah, we had a great team. And yes. Arguably it could have been a little bit better team than the 2000 team. Yeah. We lost Johnny Olaru. We picked up Ty right. Deal, did a great job. Um, 2000, we had Timo Perez who, who came out of nowhere. And unfortunately we were there because of him, but then the first game, I think where he thought Todd hit the home run and got thrown out by Jeter at the, uh, so these things I kind of, I think led to our defeat that year, not just a a collective, um, one moment in time, but look, I mean, are we going to say it's going to be easy? No. I mean, and, and I think as Mets fans, traditionally, they always have a little bit of a, oh, what's going to happen now or what's going to, you know, what, what, what wrong can happen today? And that's just something that me as a player, or at least now still saying, look, uh, it's a long year. Um, yes, they have some issues they need to address. Um, and Steve, like you said, has a big checkbook. But I mean, just because you have the money, you can overpay for mediocrity. And and that's the one thing I think he needs to guard against, or at least what I'm seeing. And you have to build a culture. I mean, I talked to him last year, and he, we had a nice conversation. I said, look, you have to build a culture of winning. When you went to the Braves or the Yankees in the 90s, you knew you had to play and contribute. 
And that's the one thing I think you have to try to build in today. And today it's tough because the change, the turnover is very quick mm. and the demand is high to be successful right away. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. True, and uh, the example of what you just talked about, too, spending a lot of money and not winning, uh, we're going on 25 years, uh, maybe, no, less than that, I'm sorry, we're going on 15 years since the Yankees have won a World Series and they continue to spend exorbitantly. Now, this year, of course, they bring in Soto, they got Judge, they got Stanton, they've got even this young kid, Volpe, and they, they figure Rondon's going to have a big year. Garrett Cole's the best pitcher in baseball, so this is the last go-around, I think, for Boone, maybe Cashman as well, but they're the opposite right now, and they've been that way for a long time and really haven't won the big one in almost 15 years, Mike, to your point. Yeah, and look at look at that roster up and down. They're stacked, like you said, picking up Soto and and having a bona fide Cy Young as your ace, uh, a Cy Young candidate as your ace every year. He's going to be able to go out and stop those those tough times. Um, but but as we've seen, it's not easy to win. And when the expectations are high and the and the budget is high, the the pressure is high. Yep. Uh, so as a team, you have to find your inner space in that clubhouse and be accountable to each other. I mean, I only my experience as a manager was the classic uh, last year, and I got to be honest with you, we we had something very very special. We we I felt could have gotten to Miami with one break. We we had we brought back Matt Harvey, who's actually an Italian citizen now. I think he's getting his passport. Is that right? So, yeah, his mom is named Vendite, and she, her family is from outside of Rome. So oh. we we did the research and. He's very excited of helping us and, and helping grow the game in, in Italy in the future. And we got some really cool stuff going on. But, yeah, I mean, this is this is the point. I mean, we, we you have to build a culture in that clubhouse. And it's easy for guys to go their own separate ways. And it's easy to say, look, he's the problem, he's the problem. But it, it's a cliche, I know. You have to look into the mirror and you have to be accountable to each other. And great teams are not born. They're made. And it comes from accountability. It comes from everyone being productive and leadership. And leadership is not being rah-rah with the pom-poms and saying, let's go get them, guys. Leadership is going out there every day and grinding and supporting and helping your teammates and calling them out when they need to be called out and telling them they did a great job when you needed, when you did a great job. Because we all need a positive, you know, a pat on the back every now and then as well. I need it every day. <laughs> <laughs> I have to tell you, Mike, you, um, I've known you for a long time, but you're just such an impressive guy and you do have incredible leadership skills, whether it's an ambassador for baseball in, in America, in Italy. Uh, you're just a, a smart, good soul and a phenomenal baseball player, maybe the best I've ever seen here in New York. So thank you so much for hopping on today and, uh, enjoy, uh, your, your, your soccer right. life, your baseball life, your Italy, all of it. And, uh, please keep coming back. It's great to catch up with you, Mike Piazza. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. All right, God bless, man. You too. There he is, the great Mike Piazza. What an impressive guy, huh? Jeez. Smart guy. He should run for office. He really should run for office. I was at that game, the game five in 2000. Oh, you were there? I was there too. I was in right field, and when he hit the ball, every, every all the sections stood up. Oh, we thought he hit a home run. I thought it was like, because Bernie Williams is going back yeah. a little bit. Like, 
And I remember, I remember muttering it right before to who I was with. I said, if this goes out, he can run for mayor. I said, <laughs> I like, if that poll True. goes out. Yeah. <laughs> well, it was but, still fun. That was fun. And uh, Piazza is great. Thank you, Mike. Hi, it's Lou Dobbs for Priority Gold, America's precious metals dealer. These are volatile times with high inflation, soaring debt, wars on multiple continents, and rising financial stress. Central banks are buying gold to diversify their reserves, so are many Americans. Call Priority Gold and find out how precious metals can help you diversify your portfolio. They're highly rated and happy to help. Call 1-866-303-6357 or get a free gold guide at PriorityGoldGuide.com. That's Priority. PriorityGoldGuide.com